Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. My guest today is Catherine Seeds, the president and CEO at Kentner Group Communications. Kentner has offices in Austin and New York City and clients across North America, the UK, and throughout Europe. Catherine has been at Kettner for 21 years, helping leading companies in the retail, grocery, hospitality, and technology industries create and manage comprehensive and unique communications campaigns, develop engaging content, and enhance brand and company throughout thought leadership. Wow, I should really, as a professional writer, make sentences that are a little, not quite that long. That was... (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that introduction. That's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so, Catherine, is there anything I missed in the introduction that people should know? Um, no, I don't think so. I think you, um, I think you got the the gist of it. Um, yeah. Very good. Okay, we just don't want to box people in because there could also be something out there like was an accomplished figure skater and was at you know the Seoul '88 Olympics or something. You never know. There could be something out there that we're missing. I wish I could say that. Um, I will say that I um, was the. I'm involved in the PTA at my my kids' high school, so I'm very involved in you know outside of work activities. So PTA is a big part of my life, as well as band boosters. So my son is in the marching band. So we every Friday night we're involved in, in that quite a bit. So I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a professional, but also a working mom. So I have a lot of things going on outside of the office. You know, I heard that the band, uh, having a kid in band is, you know, people talk about athletics taking up a big portion of their life. But band, and especially you're in Texas, I assume Mm -hmm. the band competition thing is very big, especially with football and everything. I hear that's like an all day kind of thing where it's like you drop them off at 6 a.m., you pick them up at one in the morning thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, their summers get cut pretty short by mid-July. We're, we're in full force, or not we, my son is in full force and the rest of the kiddos. And um, they have, we have a, a med tent uh, where we have oh. parents that volunteer because in the heat in the middle of July in Texas, there's a lot of kids that can be falling like flies. So um, yeah, it's definitely, I would say that they're, they're as conditioned, if not more so than, than a football team um, with all the hours they put in during the day, marching and, uh, and, and playing at the same time. So definitely takes a lot of cardio and, and a lot of mental strength as well. Oh, yeah. You're walking with that tuba, you know, like a big, massive tuba in the yeah. Texas heat, and you got yeah, all yeah. the f- fluffy clothes on, and, you know, that's that's not well, easy. my son plays the bass drum, so similar to a tuba, big, big instrument, and his core is is oh. stronger than I, it's ever been, and he probably is, is in better shape than, than most people are, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's great. Well, here's to all the... Uh, Working parents out there, uh, getting getting their kids through all the different activities. Uh, so uh, recently, you know, to add to the the workload, but I'm sure this is something you love. You recently become the CEO of Kentner Group, and you've been there for 21 years. Can you give us an overview of the company and uh, how you guys work? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of, of history of, of how the agency started. And Jeff Kettner, our founder, um, started the agency about 30 years ago. And really, it was a spon- so, somewhat spontaneous decision. He was working for another tech firm here in Austin, and the owner decided to shut the doors down. Um, and so he had young kids at the time and needed to figure something out. So moved very quickly to take one of the clients they had been working with, Texas Instruments at the time, mm. and create his own agency. Um, and, uh, you know, the rest they say is, is history. Um, a few folks from TI left to start their own retail technology company um, and wanted to bring Jeff along. And that's really how we got our start in the retail tech space. You know, that's 100% our focus here at Kettner Group. Um, and, you know, really it became one of those things where we, we our agency became known um, as a retail tech PR agency that people, um, you know, wanted to work with. Um, and so when I joined the agency, I would say about 75% of our clients were in the retail tech space. We had a few that were in, in general tech, but we doubled down um, about five years ago to, um, you know, really focus 100% in the retail tech space. That's a little bit how we got here. Um, and in terms of, you know, overall the agency, you know, we we focus on media relations. We do a lot of content support for our clients, brand reputation management, PR strategy and messaging. Um, so that's a little bit of the history and how I came to be here, too. Oh, wow. And uh, what do you think has been the biggest change in the retail tech industry since you joined the company over all oh. these years? Oh, my goodness. I was um, I was actually talking with a retail editor, a friend of ours, a few weeks ago for a blog that I was writing. And we were both kind of reminiscing about this very same thing because he came into the retail tech space around the same time I did. And I think we both kind of grew up in this wonderful age of innovation in retail because um, at the time it was, you know, um, the you know, omni-channel or e-commerce was just starting to bubble up. Amazon was trying to figure out how they were going to, um, what their business model, you know, was going to be, um, you know, mobile commerce, you know, for about three years, mobile commerce seemed to be like in the industry, is it going to be the year of mobile? Is it not? Um, how do we, how do we give credit to um, sales in the store versus online? So there's all these different nuances with um, what retail was doing. Um, so in terms of the innovation, it, in the, you know, since I've been working at the agency, there's been a huge surge of innovation. And we saw a lot of that came about during and after COVID, um, mm-hmm. especially oh, with yeah. a lot of the retailers and especially grocery retailers not being prepared for um, what consumers needed them, them to be. Um, you think about like, curbside pickup. I don't know if you do that or if you did that before COVID or that was a thing for you after a lot of people didn't want to do that, but they were forced to and and retailers were forced to offer those options to consumer to consumers because of the 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 change in, you know, what we were going through at the time. So um, it's been interesting because I feel like retail has really done, done a great job of checking and adjusting to what what consumer behavior needs um, and what they continue to need. And it seems to me that, okay, in, in the retail space, obviously, during COVID, things changed dramatically overnight. But at the same time, in, in the PR world, and everybody who's in the office trying to figure these things out, people mm-hmm. aren't working as much. And there's this, all this disruption going on to the basic trying to keep 
you know, the an agency going, I imagine, with all that going on. And then at the same time, you had these drastic changes you have to tend to. It must seem like a miracle you pulled it off. Well, it was it was a little scary there for, for a couple months, won't lie. Um, you know, it seemed like overnight um, we lost a, um, a good bit of our business just because um, the folks that we were working with um, obviously work with major brands and retailers. And so at that point, those retailers and those brands did not know how they were going to handle, you know, handle and work through COVID. So their budgets got cut, our budgets got mm. cut. Um, but then I would say by the fall um, of, of that year, people realized and, the, and our clients and prospects were realizing, oh my God, goodness, I need, I need communications. I need to be mm. able to communicate to the industry and to our consumers what we're doing and all the innovation that we're trying to, trying to put in place. Um, to help them continue to have seamless shopping experiences. Because, you know, if you remember, we, we weren't going in the stores at the time. So yeah. they had to invest in, in omni-channel and e-commerce tech, tech to make sure that they were still, still bringing back their customers. So, um, yes, it was, it was a little nerve-wracking at first because we didn't know how it was all going to play out. But um, thankfully, the industry rebounded and realized that they, they still have to invest in technology. And that yeah. is critical to their business. I I do uh, remember my wife did send me in the store. I was the expendable member of the family. You know, (laughs) COVID taught a lot of people what their worth was in the family. If you got sent to the store, it meant, well, we could, we could do okay without you, you know? Yeah. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember, I remember my daughter and I, we needed toilet paper. And of course there was toilet paper shortages everywhere at the beginning Mm -hmm. for some reason. And um, she found some and, um, there was a shorter person than it, than her in the store that was trying to get to the toilet paper, but my daughter's taller, so she was able to get it. And I was like, well, if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, my daughter is going to be the one that survives because Good. she's looking out for herself and her family. Anyway, that's a, a small aside. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of that, as uh, having a, a Gen Z daughter, yeah. uh, how is their attitude towards retail different than someone a bit older, I would I would say for sure that their all of their <clears throat> excuse me shopping experiences um, start online, and um, this definitely lines up with how my kids shop and and they prefer to shop, um, and it lines up with what we're seeing um, from an industry standpoint and all the re- the research and reports that I see. Um, they're, they're also, they're less brand loyal, I think, than, mm. than, than us, um, uh, older folks in different generations. Um, I, you know, my daughter has specific online shops that she prefers, but in terms of, you know, a luxury brand or anything like that, they are, um, you know, less inclined to, to think, think about it that way. But more importantly, what I see in my kids and, 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 and again, the industry, um, trends is that the Gen X generation is looking at what's authentic, authentic. They want to work mm-hmm. and shop with authentic, authentic brands. Um, you know, they're not afraid to go to their shops and, and they're, you yeah. know, they're very budget conscious. And I think it's, I think that has a lot to do with seeing um, with their parents or maybe their sibler, older siblings going through a recession in the, in the early, you know, 2008, 2009 time time period that they um, are financially conscious. So that's something, again, I see in both my kids. Um, and again, that lines, it lines up with what I'm, I'm seeing in industry research. 
I find it interesting that younger people are less interested in brands in terms of the brand of the actual product they're buying, it, but they seem to be loyal to stores. So if I'm getting this right, would it be like uh, someone saying, I really like shopping at Shine, right? Mm -hmm. That's my brand is shopping at Shine, not maybe the particular brand that is carried there. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, um, and in terms of their, their shopping, certainly their shopping experiences are going to start online. But what we're also seeing is that they still want to go into the stores and they still mm. want to take advantage of those in-store experiences. The difference is that they're just not going to go into the store blindly without having mm. done their research, you know, research ahead of time. Um, and that also, um, makes me think of something else that my both my kids mainly my daughter my son is not as big of a shopper he's a dude so he doesn't he, <laughs> he relies on me to help him shop but my daughter relies a lot on um, ratings and reviews so mm. in addition to doing her research online and finding out what products that she wants then she's also going to look at what do her peers think about this particular product so she reads a lot of reviews and then you know it's very organized and um, ready to go when she's in, a, if it's a, a store where she could stop in shopping in, you know, in the store, then she's already done her research and knows exactly what she wants. Got it. Got it. That probably puts a different, changes the workload of the person working in the store. You know, if I'm working at The Gap and people come in and they already know exactly what they want. They're going to come just grab it off the shelf. Uh, it's going to be much more difficult for me to go, oh, well, would you like some shoes to go with that? Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, um, you know, there is, there's a lot of in-store tech and I know we could talk about this as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I get excited about that because there's a lot of really great innovation happening, but um, there's been a big focus on how, you know, technology that can help the store associates, um, you know, do a better job for their customers and have them less focus on manual tasks like, you know, changing price tags or, you know, doing, you know, very manual time intensive work and spend more time with the customer on the show floor. Yeah. So let's get into that. What is, what are some new retail technologies that you just love or are excited about? So one thing that I'm really loving is um, the tech around dressing rooms, um, mm. and there's a there's a there's a big resurgence in that because you know a lot of times if you go into a store, especially women, we go we want to try things on and the lighting is not great and then we don't get excited and the dressing room is kind of a kind of a place where you loathe. But there's a lot of really great tech in terms of um, you know making that dressing room experience more seamless and more enjoyable for a customer. So one of our industry friends, um, they're called Crave Retail, and they're one of their big customers is, is Victoria's Secret. So they're doing some really great um, things there where they're allowing the customer to um, they'll have give them a like an iPad so to speak. Oh. And then they, if they want to um, get a different size or different color, then they can just change, um, you know, get that via the iPad and the store associate can bring that to them instead of having to walk out of the dressing room. And it just makes it more oh. enjoyable. Um, I recently blogged about a, another dressing room tech um, with restoration. There's a kind of a high-end women's um, fashion retailer. Mm -hmm. And they actually have this like, what they call a magic wardrobe. So mm. similar thing, the, the iPad is in the store. I want a different size or a different color in this outfit. I put that in the, in the, in the iPad. And then the, the new um, piece of clothing is uh, magically appears in my, in my wardrobe. 
Oh, wow. in my own dressing room. So I don't even have to touch or talk to a store associate if I don't want to. And then there's, you know, different lightings, like cool lighting, hot lighting to kind of give you an idea of like what this outfit would look like in the day versus the night or inside or outside. So, um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very obsessed with, with that because as, as a woman, as a woman that likes to shop in the stores, the dressing room is a place where you want to look good uh, and, and feel good about your purchase. And so if you have the right, uh, set up, then that might make you um, want to purchase that product. And that's, that's a good thing for the retailer as well. Do you think that the you know big switch towards online shopping, especially that happened after COVID, has put brick and mortar stores into this place where they have to innovate uh, to keep people coming in? And then in a, in a weird way, it becomes a win-win for consumers because mm-hmm. the brick and mortar places are even more attractive to go to. And you obviously have the convenience of online. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the way that they're doing that is through this, these in-store technologies, but also through um, unique experiences. So um, you know, if it was like a, a, a yoga shop that offers classes to their customers or like little, oh. uh, pop-up opportunities, Things like that, and the you know retailer retailers were doing that before COVID, but I think even more so, um, they were they're starting to do it after COVID because they want to they want to remain sticky with the customer. So how do you do that? You have engaging technology, you have really unique experiences that that coincide with your brand, um, and then you know again as what we were talking about earlier, making sure that you have in store tech that can help with the store associate experience too, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of turnover in retail right now. There's a huge labor shortage problem. Um, so how do you get those store associates excited about you know working in retail again? Yeah, uh, are there any other technologies that you're really excited about? I think um, the other thing I'm excited about is, um, well, come, going back to AI, I think mm. um, AI is, um, is something that is, is, is huge right now. And, I, yeah. and it's not just retail. Um, so there's a lot of really exciting, especially in the grocery space with AI and robotics that, again, can help. Um, you know, if you think about a grocery store and they have in, the in-store um, pickers, um, grocery pickers for you. Um, how can robotics um, help and AI help with that as well? So yeah. I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, with AI, it's one of those things where it's 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 that technology that is so, it, it's just, it's going to be assumed um, in the short term because it's already been um, it's already been in play in a lot of different technologies um, or different industries for some time now. So it's going to be one of those things where we just assume AI is going to be a part of the shopping experience. Yeah, I wonder how that works. I was thinking about this because I've been working a lot with uh, ChatGPT and, and AI and talking to a lot of people on this show about it. And I'm just wondering when the moment comes in that I walk into my local Stater Brothers grocery store and they tell me my shopping list. They know they know what I want ahead of time and then tell me, oh, yeah, by the way, here's some other things you're going to need to go with that. And oh, by the way, if you're making tacos, maybe you should get this because you're going to we got 30 percent off on this sauce thing, right? That everything will almost be laid out even before I step foot in the store. Um which which might be kind of nice. I don't know. Is is that what things are moving towards? Or yeah, um, yeah. We were we were talking with a, a prospect the other day, um, similar to what you were just talking about. They have uh, a technology that basically can help you if you have 
Um, if you're, you know, gluten-free or, mm. you know, certain sort of um, diet restrictions, um, and you have a recipe, they can help you put a recipe together based on your specific diet. And it's yeah. personalized to you. And I do think think that that's where we're, where we're headed. It's just right now, I kind of call AI... Um, especially in retail, still in the Wild West, because there's um, there's a lot, not a lot of standards across the board right now, but people are trying to figure it out to make sure that it's going to be good for the retailer and also good for the customer without honing in on their, their privacy. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing too. So yeah, I mean, we could probably talk about that for an hour if we had the time, but yeah. um, definitely AI is, is one of those, um, you know, in this editor friend that we were, that I was talking to, he said it's one of the most dominant technologies he's ever seen in the last 15 years. And he does compare it to the dot-com era. Um, and, you know, the big difference there was, well, the dot-com area, um, era was still, you know, the whole e-commerce thing was still a novelty, whereas mm. AI has been in play and in, in practice uh, for, for several years, many years now. Um, so again, like I said, it will just be kind of assumed technology and it'll just be um, a matter of us, how uh, a consumer is comfortable with using that technology. Uh, if Is the point that it's going to be more of a seamless in- implementation into all of our lives versus maybe the dot com where it's like, now you need to shop looking at a computer screen, which is mm-hmm. a, a big change for the consumer, but this is a little more subtle, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that AI will definitely just be um, one of those things where, you know, if you and I are um, picking up our iPhone and we, you know, you know order something on our, our mobile phone from our favorite retailer, that's going to be, it was just an automatic or an automatic pilot at that point. AI mm-hmm. is going to be the same way. Great. Well, let's see here. So, uh, as the new CEO of the Kentner Group, uh, looking forward, and again, all we've been talking about right now is a bunch of forward-thinking technology and how the world's going to change. Uh, what do you see going forward for the agency? Well, um, for us, we want to um, remain the, the the leading retail tech PR agency uh, in the in the U.S. Um, actually, and globally, because we are working with some. Uh, clients outside of the U.S. So that is a, a, a big, uh, big vision and big goal for us is um, when, um, you know, retail technology vendors are thinking about investing in PR, we want to be um, top of mind. So that's that's one thing. And then um, on a more personal and, you know, uh, personal level for me as, a, as the leader of the agency, I want to make sure that Kettner Group is a great place for people to work, uh, a desirable place. Um, you know, typically PR agencies, and I know you've talked to a lot of uh, agencies and PR professionals. I mean, it's a it's a stressful job. It's yep. always listed as one of the top ten most stressful jobs um, out there, and um, you know, for good reason. Um, we we have to put in a lot of work. We have to know a lot about a lot of things, um, and so it's it's up to I think agency leadership to make sure that we're setting our teams up for success. And giving them the training and the support that they need. So for me, that's really important to make sure that they know that they can come and do great work, um, have fun, and learn a lot along the way. Wow. Well, that's great, Catherine. So uh, how can people follow you and keep up with what's, what's going on in the world of uh, retail? 
Yeah, so um, we have um, our website. We've got a blog on our website where um, we post um, uh, monthly blogs having to do with the retail tech industry. Uh, so if you can find us at uh, kettnergroup.com. Um, we also, on, on our Twitter and Facebook pages, you can um, catch us there. Um, those are the, the main places where you can find our news. And we are always, always um, posting in our Twitter feed industry news about what our clients are doing and what other, other people are doing in the industry. So I definitely think uh, it's a good place for them to catch, catch what's going on. Great. Well, thank you so much for showing up on PR360. And we have a, a lot we didn't get to. So I hope to have you on the show sometime down the line. That would be great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.